putting stuff out there and seeing what people want back. And it, through that process, you kind of figure out what the product you're building is for the people. My name is Dimitri and I'm a productivity and systems enthusiast. I'm Chance. I'm a philosophy and self-development enthusiast. And you're listening to the Rise Productive Podcast. The show where productivity meets business. And what it means to build better systems. Enjoy the show. If you're listening to this, you are not on our private subscriber feed and you will only be hearing a portion of this episode. If you'd like to listen to the full length episode, you'll need to go to riseproductive.com membership or sign up on your favorite podcasting app for exclusive access. From there, you'll also get access to our exclusive newsletter, the weekly pour over, our private members only Discord community, and any other subscriber only content. So if you enjoy what we are doing here, please consider becoming a member. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Rise Productive Podcast. In today's episode, we have the CEO and founder of JotForm. Etienne, how are you doing? Hello, Dimitri, Chance. Chance. Uh, I'm, I'm glad to be on your show, and uh, I love your book reviews, and uh, I'm, I'm happy to be on this show. How do you like the book reviews? We'll, have to, uh, we'll get into that later, but I'm looking forward to reading Automate Your Busy Work. Um, I'm sure Dimitri is even more than I am, but um, yeah. Yeah, I'm very stuff. excited. We're we've uh, we're interviewing an author, so you know, once that uh, well, obviously we have the the written version, but maybe when the uh, audio book comes out, we can uh, also uh, enjoy that one. I'm a big audio book guy. I'm not sure about you, but yeah, I also love the audio books, and uh, actually do like uh, I like to uh, purchase both the Kindle version and the audio book, yeah. so that I can switch between them, and that's. Really, like sometimes I feel like you know uh, I'm outside, like you know I'm I, I cannot listen to it because there's just so much noise, and then I will just read the Kindle version, and then you know if I'm lying down, like before I go to see, I know that you guys also read fiction before you go to sleep yeah. uh, from your podcast. That it, it's actually very good. Like you can put on the audio version, and uh, that's great. Yeah, a little. Uh book will lull me to sleep. I, I, I love that before bed. So uh, for the listeners, I, I think it would be great as if you would give them a little bit of insight as to uh, how you got to where you are today with having such a successful uh, business at JotForum, the humble beginnings story, if yeah. you will. So 20 years ago, I was you. Um, right out of college, in my early 20s, I was working a full-time job and I also had on the side, I was developing my own products and services. Like I was developing a, a software product and I was also providing services to, uh, you know, websites. And on my uh, daily job, uh, I was a developer in New York for a media company. And I was making lots of forms for them. Like uh, we had like over 100 websites and I had to create like all these uh, contact forms, questionnaires, surveys, uh, payment forms. And I kind of didn't like that much because uh, it was kind of boring to do. Like it's a tedious, boring uh, job to do forms. And I wanted to find a way to automate that. And I couldn't find one. And I decided, okay, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to start JotForm and we'll see how it goes. And because I had like a little bit of revenues from my existing products, um, that I thought that I could, you know, it could take me a while yeah. uh, for JotForm to become successful, but, you know, I have savings, uh, so I can, you know, try it. I mean, I usually don't advise someone to quit their job and then uh, do their startup because that's like, that's so stressful. 
especially if you have a family. But I was young. I didn't have a family. I had some savings. And I thought, you know, I could try it for a few years. And if it doesn't work out, I can always go back to uh, work, full-time job. And it turned out that the uh, people actually had the same problem. Like they needed forms and there was no, no easy way to create them them and they had to hire people to like create forms but today today there are lots of uh, form builders but at that time there were many um and just form uh, worked out uh it took me a few years to become uh, successful but uh it really uh you know uh found an audience and it, it has grown um and um i can also talk about a little bit of bit about the book, uh, how I came up with the idea for the book. So uh, after a few years that I started JotForm, I started hiring. Like the first year, I was only me. And after a year, like I hired my first employee. And then the next year, second employee. Like we were like three, four employees at this point. And um, I was, but I was constantly busy with with this busy work, like, uh, answering emails all day, uh, like supporting customers and like doing everything uh, from marketing product. And and I'm a, I, I'm a product guy. I, I love uh, working on a product. I love growing a product, um, innovating my product. But right at this moment, I was like kind of stuck. I wasn't really, I didn't have time to uh, really improve my product. I didn't have time to grow my product. And it, you know, I wasn't very happy about it. And something else happened at this moment. Uh, Google actually came up with uh, a competing product. They came up with uh, Google Forms. Oh, yeah. And I was like, hey, I'm not uh, improving my product. Uh, and at the same time, uh, I have this big, uh, huge competitor. <laughs> now, what am I going to do? And I thought I have to change something. And I actually started automating, streamlining many things, like the way we did uh, product development, the way we did our marketing support, uh, even the way I uh, processed my emails, uh, we actually automated everything as much as possible, and that made a big difference. And I was able to put the time to in innovate on my product, and my customers appreciated it. And it was a turning point for, for JotForm. And then instead of Google beating us and like destroying us, uh, we actually started growing even faster. And um, and the other thing is, uh, JotForm is an automation product. Uh, so basically people, uh, like forms are just like the first step in a journey. Let's say you create a form that uh, helps people register uh, with your website, or like, you, you know, it's a contact form, lead generation form, whatever it is. It's, you know, you don't just get the data and that's, oh, okay, I'm collecting data. It's never like that. It's usually like you get uh, someone fills the form and there are like many things that happens after that. And we started also helping people with the, automating those things like, you know, uh, creating emails, um, doc generating documents, like transferring the data to other products. Like if you have a CRM, you know, we can send it to uh, that CRM, you know, Zapier and, uh, you know, make those kind of products uh, like came out much later. And um, so we were helping people uh, automate many things. And uh, and in our business, uh, we weren't actually helping ourselves automating things like, and I thought, okay, I'm helping all these uh, customers automating things, but 
in my own business, like we are doing everything manually. So like we have to fix that. And uh, that's really helped us. And we also use our product a lot uh, in, in our company. And that also helps us like innovate uh, further, come up with ideas. Uh, for example, Jotform apps is like a, a, a feature where we have like, you can actually add all your forms um, and you can even add like links to other things, but you can create like this, these mobile apps. Uh, uh, and like in our company, like our, our employees actually use these apps uh, when they need to do like, when they need to order uh, hardware request for something like, you know, contact HR, you know, all those things are actually handled. Uh, and the idea for Jotform apps actually came because like, like we were constantly asking each other, like, what was the URL for this form? What was the URL for that form? Like we were, and uh, because we were using it internally, we saw the need, like we need a place where we can put all the form links, all the forms. And that's how we came up with the idea for Jotform apps. So it's, it's also helped us uh, to use our own product. But as I, uh, you know, automated more things um, that, I, 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 I was also putting a lot of automation in the product and I was also doing a lot of uh, automations uh, for our customers, for our employees, that uh, it's really like, it changed the way we, we talk about Jotform. Like even in our homepage, we say like automate your busy work. It's actually the title of the book came actually from that. Like, you know, I was thinking about the title of the book. And then uh, I was looking at my homepage, oh, automate your busy work. We are actually using that on our homepage for many years. <laughs> but uh, I want to write about this uh, automation, like what I learned, I wanted to share with the world, help people automate their busy busy work. And uh, there are a lot of uh, ideas out there, there are a lot of books, uh, but you know, I had a unique perspective. I wanted to share that with the world and uh, that's how the book came out. Yeah. You know, I, I'm really excited to read it because I think there's a lot of self-help books out there who don't kind of get into some of the nitty gritty, like how do I actually make these steps towards, you know, being more productive, automating more of my work. And so, um, yeah, I mean, there's a couple of books out there I'm re- listening to. Um, I'll teach you how to be rich. And uh, that's like another example of some more hard steps, but um, there's a lot of them that are much more ethereal. And so that's that's a cool perspective that you have. <laughs> If you think about it, even the four-hour work week is about automation. Yep. Like you know, uh, the way to work uh, four hours um, a week is to automate as much as possible, or delegate many things to, you know, outsource them or automate them. And uh, yeah, that that actually works. But in my book, I don't actually talk about it. I don't. You know, my goal is never to, uh, like, uh, hey, I'm gonna just automate everything and I will just, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> see pina colada on a beach. Uh, it's actually, um, I feel like, you know, that's, you know, that kind of gets boring. Uh, I feel like <laughs> I want to do important things. Like I want to work on meaningful work. I want to work on like deep work. Uh, you know, I want to be able to write a book, uh, you know, while I have like so many things going on. And the way to do that is kind of automate things, uh, kind of, Automation is also delegation, but uh, instead of delegating to someone else, uh, you are delegating it to the machine. Uh, you are delegating it to a system or an automation. And uh, and and in the book, I I ask people to ask themselves like two questions: um, What should I spend my time on, and what shouldn't I spend my time on? And you can ask this like you know as like you can ask this yourself every day. 
Uh, and the, the most important question is the second one. What shouldn't I spend my time on? Because uh, the things that take your time uh, is also like they are taking your energy. Uh, they, are, they are not just taking your time. They are taking your energy. They are like wasting your life. And if you can find ways to automate them, you can put more hours into things that, that matter to you. And because you, you enjoy doing them, I don't think, you know, it's, it's even better than spending time at the beach. Like, you know, it's, it's great to spend time at the beach. And I do that a lot, but, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think it's more, much more, uh, meaningful to work on, uh, important work. And, uh, the way to approach that is to, uh, really use, uh, automation as much as possible. No, I totally and, agree. I think uh, the the automation uh, and, and delegation point you made is very important. There's uh, there's even layers to it in like personal life, uh, which hopefully we can touch on and uh, and hopefully you touched on in the book. The the thing for me is like I know recently I started just doing a Amazon Fresh like food delivery service, and I'm like, and have like recurring stuff get delivered and whatnot. I mean, even just on a personal level, like people should consider automating some things or delegating some things out of their life, like getting a cleaning service or, you know, like for their house and whatnot. So there's, there's like layers to this. It's either you pay the automation like 20 cents an hour or you pay a person like 20 something an hour. That's uh, there's definitely different levels to it. Um, so I'm, I, I wanted to start off with a question about, um, you know, y you, alluded to Google um, being this big competitor at, at what you had, which was like this junction of, I need to focus on making my product better to compete with, with Google. Um, just as a side note, Google Forms never seemed to really get off the ground. It, it seemed like one of those products that Google you know made, they made like a baseline product and then they're like, all right, this is good enough. And then they don't, it's not very like, you know, it's, it's not nearly what Jotform is. How have you guys made sure to, in this like sort of like rapidly evolving no code space to uh, stay on top of and identify like the strategies um, necessary to make the best product for the consumer? Yeah. I think we are in the middle of the, these uh, three, three revolutions. Um, the first one is software is eating the world. Mm. And this was uh, said by Mark Andreessen uh, like a decade ago. And basically it states that like everything is turning into software. Cars are turning into software. Vacuum mm -hmm. uh, cleaners are turning into software. Like in the past you would go to a travel agent. Now you do your own research, but you have so much more freedom. It, it takes more time. And the second revolution is the no code. Uh, the, revolution uh, and there are like so many cloud sales uh, products that allow you to do, build your own products and even uh, you know there are products that call themselves uh, no code and uh, but there are products that, that that never even mention no code but they're also no code products because you can build uh, things on them like even with gmail like you can use like uh, labels and filters to build uh, many things on yourself True. by yourself. And um, so this is like, you know, the no code is like amazing because uh, it wasn't possible before. Like in the past, like uh, big companies could buy uh, like SAP and they could automate everything, but they would pay like millions of dollars, but the small companies, they would just uh, stay small. 
but uh, today, like any any small business can take one of these like no code products, not not just one, like you know they can pick whatever they need. They go to a website like g2.com and whatever they they have a need when whatever they need, they could find all these products and and these products have like so many features and so many uh, flexibility that they could build their own uh, products and they can use uh, things like Zapier or Make to like connect them each other. So it's it's like you can actually like you don't have to pay SAP millions of dollars today. You could just uh, you know use ten sales products, each one like twenty dollars, thirty dollars a month, and you can connect them and build the same solution yourself. And it's even better because each product is like optimized for their own their own use cases, and they are really really good. Uh, so it's democratizing uh, for for businesses. The uh, the no code revolution is democratizing the uh, you know what's possible. And it's it's also connected with the software eating the world. So, and the third one, the third revolution is the AI revolution, and this is huge because this is going to multiply, uh, you know, the software eating the world and the no code revolution like ten times. Because as as more and more uh, these uh, no code products and these software start using AI, they are becoming uh, much more flexible, yeah. capable, and smart. And just uh, they are really becoming so much more powerful, and um, and in the book uh, I give a lot of examples. But I feel like in ten years, uh, because of the huge like speed of the AI going on, in ten years all these examples are going to be useless. But the the main idea behind the book, like the the automation flywheel, the automation first mindset, is going to be ten times more more powerful because like it's going to be much more possible. Like 20 years ago, the the book, uh, the automate your uh, busy work book would be meaningless because there's no like tools like no code products that make it possible. But you know, 10 years from now, it's going to be like 10 times more powerful because because everything is changing so fast and uh, the possibilities are increasing. So um, you know, I feel like you know, uh, I will probably have to write uh, second or third editions like. Uh, additions to update all these examples but i feel like you know i'm really uh you know i i picked a really good topic to write about because this is going to be really much more powerful in the coming years and i absolutely agree with that i think um the ai revolution particularly is really opening up people's eyes to the fact that automation is going to be the next big step people are sitting in there using like chat GPT, for example, and they're just like writing these prompts and then it makes this whole generated thing all by itself. And you watch how incredible that technology is and you think, well, why am I sitting here with my little monkey fingers and just doing this manually? Why don't I have something that prompts it already and creates sequences? And um, some people figure that out earlier than others. Dimitri kind of had a really early epiphany about um, the way that automation and AI could work together. So maybe he could speak to that more than than me, but um, I definitely think that you're spot on with saying that the AI revolution will pivot towards automation. Yeah, um, I'm I'm using ChatGPT more and more to to do searches. Like yeah. instead of going to Google, I go to ChatGPT, and instead of like searching through like ten different websites, uh, it gives me the answer. And Google just announced like they are also adding the same functionality to their search. I don't know when it's going to be live on their website, uh, but it's, you know, when you search for something, 
it's also giving all these like direct uh, like AI answers, and then yeah. you can ask follow up questions. So basically, they are integrating similar functionality to ChatGPT to, to their uh, their search as well. Yeah, they're gonna have to do that. The uh amount of people as somebody who reviews apps a fair amount and gets a, a decent amount of comments on this uh i know re recently i released a video on like bing ai so like just the their implementation of that into their own browser for the first time in a long time i think market share is slightly shifting away from google chrome and that's probably scaring the crap out of google um because they've just owned that market for so long and they need to they need to compete or, or they're gonna they're gonna be really um they're gonna be really hurting um i totally agree by the way that the like the sequences for for automation are gonna be awesome for context uh we do like on Mondays, I, I put out something called a productive brew, which is like a short form podcast. And then like it turns into a newsletter. I have a sequence where the file from Google Drive will then go into ChatGPT as a prompt and then put it into MailChimp. And then I have someone review it and then like schedule it. And it takes no time. I don't have to hire a copywriter because of this thing. It's like transcription, which is, you know, automated. And then going through this whole sequence with ChatGPT, this is the kind of stuff that, you know, People, um, I'm curious what your thoughts are on this, um, because as a business owner, you you probably can appreciate this. The people complain about like the cost of you know the API uh, or the ChatGPT Plus um, subscription. Uh, I guess maybe could you speak to the practical the practical <laughs> practical cost efficiency of automation versus paying an employee because people really underappreciate how expensive it is to have employees <laughs> yeah i mean as, as as more and more companies want to use uh, ai in their uh, products uh, i think that's going to that's going to be more accessible uh that there's going to be more competition and options uh just like any other technology like i remember i'm old <laughs> I'm 45, but I remember the time internet came out <laughs> and, and like there was, the, everybody has like a uh, very optimistic, like, like we were imagining like so many things yeah. can be done. I was in college and like, you know, there was like so many possibilities, but it was also expensive. It was very slow. And like, there was uh, only some people had access and um yeah it's just uh it felt like you know in approachable but there was like the potential was huge i think uh, we are in a similar situation here it's just ai is like so so powerful that it's not possible for it to not uh like it, it will not stay in the hands of a few companies it has to be like it's going to be shared with all the uh companies and products and um and people as well, like people are going to be like, just like uh, people are going to be building so their solutions. Like uh, AI is the ultimate no-code. If you think about it, uh, you maybe you're not going to use like that separate uh, product like Notion. You're just going to be building your own products on AI. It's like a, uh, it's like a 3D printers. Like you are creating something yeah. from nothing and you will be building your products from nothing and that will actually also democratize the product uh, creation so the uh, the actual the value actually goes to the value of the product or the marketing uh, as opposed to like the building of the product and um so you're kind you guys are kind of also doing that right you are building these notion templates and apps and you are selling to other businesses 
And uh, basically, this is gonna only gonna grow. Um, so I'm actually really hopeful about AI because it's like it's like the you know beginning of the internet. There's just so many possibilities. Yeah. We are we are trying. You know, we are seeing how we were seeing like you know Amazon. Uh, we were seeing like the first uh, search engines. Uh, and today we are seeing ChatGPT, a few examples, but there's going to be like many more, uh, you know, executions on AI. And um, also the AI is not that difficult. Um, so it's, you know, uh, so we are not an AI company. We are a you know, product company. You know, we are a no-code mm -hmm. uh, product, but we also have like a data department and we are like actually doing a lot of AI in the backend most of the time, like not in the product, but... The way, for example, how we like we had a spam problem, we had a phishing problem, and all these problems were we were able to actually solve with AI because just like manually reviewing everything it doesn't work much. But once when you apply uh, AI, like we were able to reduce the spam problem at JustForm uh, to almost zero because like AI just uh, take care of it and uh, we are able to train it as more and more uh, people try to send spam using JustForm. And uh, so, and then it's not like, I think the, the, the part about data is uh, more difficult. Like, do you have enough data to train your uh, AI to your, to your machine, machine learning algorithms, but the technology is not that uh, unreachable. Uh, so you still need the data. Um, and, but I think it's just, I, I don't think it's gonna be an issue. Uh, it's gonna be, you know, uh, be used by all the products. Um, yeah, I, I'm actually, you know, very uh, positive about that. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, uh, way that I approach my mental thought process for, for like what AI can do is, I don't know if you're familiar with the difference between like system one and system two thinking. Um, we're going through Daniel Kahneman's, uh, thinking fast and slow. And, uh, System one thinking is your initial like thought process and uh, and like without you having even to think, you know, the answers that you come to and system two is more so that deep thought and like you're taking time to analyze it. Uh, big language model is uh, what we all wish that we can do. System one thinking wise, just done immediately by a robot because it it doesn't have to take the processing time that the brain does to get into system two thinking it's just got all this data so i totally i think it's really cool that you guys fixed the spam problem because rather than someone like system one being like all right it's a spam you have this huge you know like tool at your disposal to to sort of fix the issue um moving forward with this uh thought process of like you know what exactly you're doing at your company i'm curious uh how have you managed to like sort of uh grow the business from like an individual standpoint. I know you said you started at, uh, you know, just yourself and then another employee and another employee. How many employees are you at currently and how are you like fostering a, a great work culture at JobForm? It's really crazy to me that Rise Productive is almost at its three year anniversary. Over the years, we've shared with you so much free content on how to improve your efficiencies, operations, and intentionality across multiple content platforms. Between the podcast, newsletter, and YouTube channel, we try to give you as much free value as possible. All that we ask in return for all this free knowledge sharing is that you give us a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform so that more entrepreneurs and those seeking more efficiency in their lives can find our content. These podcast reviews increase our rankings and help us reach more people who just like you just want to get more efficient. Thanks in advance. And now let's get back to the show. 
Yeah, uh, we have uh, like 500 employees. Oh, wow. uh, we have offices in seven cities, <laughs> so we are pretty big now. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and but it's been 17 years, so it's it's been uh, you know a slow growth. Uh, most of the time, most of those 17 years, we were a small company. Yeah, and then recently we have grown uh, much larger, and um, we still you know mostly work in the offices. Um, I think it's, you know, it's about the uh, team culture we have, like, well, just form consists of small teams, uh, usually like cross-functional, like five to six person teams, cross-functional, for example, our product teams, uh, like, you know, if there are like five to six people, there's a designer, there is always a designer because uh, we really believe in like really going with the designer, uh, working with the team. And each product team works like a startup, like they are like, you know, they're taking an idea and they're working on a project for like, let's say six months and yeah. then they're releasing the MVP. So they make their own decisions. They move fast and uh, like release it to like 1% of platform users, then 5%. And then, you know, maybe after like two years, it's going to be released to all platform users. But during this time, they continuously improve it, but uh, they are like, they have the ownership of the product they are building. And there's like a user researcher, uh, developers, and um, you know the designer or a product manager. Uh, so this, you know, this this team culture actually works better uh, when people actually sit together in an office. And uh, in some teams, we actually have a hybrid structure. Uh, for example, our marketing team uh, in San Francisco they they work hybrid because there we have a lot of riders who prefer to actually write uh, at home at the, it's just easier for them to uh, focus on their uh, work. But, you know, they will usually go like twice a week to the office. Uh, you know, one day they, they spend a day with their team in the office. And then, uh, and then there's, the, there's also the like Fridays, they go all together and then they, they will, you know, go to lunch all together. So it's, um, you know, it's, it's different for different kinds of uh, work. Uh, but we really, you know, uh, we were able to figure out how to do uh, teamwork and together, and uh, and we figured that uh, that it actually works much better when people are uh, sitting together in an office. That you know, they have their own office, uh, their door closes, so like uh, they have this exciting uh, environment where they are they are all working on the same project, sitting in the same office, and they're like a startup, like. Really, uh, it's it's really enjoyable. And actually, you know, as the company had grown, like I, I really miss that because I don't have that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have the opportunity to, to work with a team. Like I have to deal with many other things. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's, it's a, you know, depends on the uh, different teams. Uh, we have different cultures, but uh, we really believe in the uh, teamwork. Yeah, that's really cool. And I think it's cool that you guys kind of divvy up each into like their own, their individual teams. It's a 500 person, you know, company, but it's each team working on a different project because as we've kind of reiterated here with the the no code and AI, it's like you don't need a huge team to get a lot done. And so it almost works quicker if we just have a small number of people who are all on the same page rather than constantly trying to sync the rest of the 450 people in the company up to speed on what's going on on that part of the uh the business so that's really cool um i want to kind of back up here because i think our audience is a 
a, a, probably a, a stage or two behind where you're at currently. And so I'm really curious for, uh, for us to just microscope in here on like the start and when you were working at the, I believe it was like a media company in New York and um, starting Jotform, what was like those initial steps and how long did it take for you to make that leap into uh, like, yeah, this is the thing I'm going to do. Yeah, I created my first product when I was in college. And uh, and then after that, I worked full time five years, and I was still building products on the side. So I think before I became full time on my own uh, company, I, for probably like seven years, I was building uh, products on the side. And one thing I learned, and I still believe in that, is the fifty percent rule, which is uh, if you are building a product or service, doesn't matter. You should be spending uh, half of your time you uh, be- building your product and half of your time growing your product. And yeah. Uh, so yeah. because I actually also like give advice to many startups and, you know, I don't re- I'm not an investor uh, really, but I like to just, uh, you know, share my uh, like experience with them and uh, with nothing in return. And uh, usually the biggest problem is like most of them are like building, building, building for years without doing any like uh, growth, uh, without doing any marketing. And they, they, they assume that at some point the product is going to be so good that uh, people will come, you know, yeah. they, will, they will request the product to get it, but it never happens that way. Because it, it actually becomes more complex, the, the product or service you provide if you are, you know, preparing it behind, behind the curtain it actually doesn't become better. It actually gets worse because you are not getting any feedback. So even in our teams, like currently when we are actually working on a new feature in JotForm, so the first thing is like the team that starts on work, they have like a month or two to release something uh, to like 1% of JotForm users. And we want that. Like, and then from there, they, they gradually improve that, continuously improve that product and uh get the feedback and uh you know get the feedback see if people use this like if no one is using it there's no point in like continuing to work on this feature because if we can't get anybody to use it there's something wrong with this feature so and if people start using it there's going to be like they get angry like what kind of feature is this like this is not working and then that's that's great because we want that feedback to you know fix the product uh, make sure that it's what people are uh, asking for and it, it was the same like during those seven years i learned that uh the things that i work on doesn't matter if people don't give me feedback people don't use it and i wasn't i also another lesson i learned was if i work on a product that's like only uh that's only going to be useful for a very small number of people. If the market is too small, then I'm not going to be able to like, really sell it because I'm not even going to be able to reach them. Uh, like, uh, so JustForm was actually like it had it has so much reach because uh, everybody needs forms, and uh, yeah, that's that's one of the lessons I learned. Like, if you if you make a product for a uh, big uh, market, it's easier uh, to to become successful. Uh, and in, you know, in the beginning, you don't have to try to reach the whole market. Like you could just uh, throw things on the wall and whatever works. Like just focus on that, that, and uh, try to really get more and more users on that industry or th- that niche specific uh, use case. 
but that growth will allow you to make a good product so that you can actually uh, create a successful product. And in the first days of Jetform, and I look at the old versions of our website, we were always talking about how you can put like uh, forms into your website. Um, mm. And today, like a majority of our users are not putting forms on their website. They're not getting uh, Jetform for that. They're actually using it as a part of their business processes uh, within yeah. their company. And uh, it's just a smaller use case now. But in the first days, it was always like someone was making a web page. They needed to put, put up a form on their web page. And that's why they were using Jotform. So that uh, allowed us to grow so that we can actually reach more people as time went on. Yeah, that's a great point. I think there's a lot of companies that they, they, they're solving uh, problems that are very niche, right? And there's nothing wrong with like doing are solving something that's like a small subsection of, of issues for people, but the, the market's just not going to be big and you're going to have to be the best at that thing um, almost immediately to, to sort of like, I don't know, have yeah. any sort of, um, yeah. Yeah. Have, I mean, yeah. If, if you are, if you are just, if the, mar the problem is too small market is uh, it's, if you're able to reach them, that's great. Uh, that's actually great. But uh, usually what happens is that you can only find like, you know, a few number of customers and you cannot generate traffic. Uh, so it's, 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 it's actually easier to have a product that can serve a lot of people, a lot of potential customers, and then you can actually generate, uh, create traffic to your website or wherever you are located. If it's an app, it's the app store, I guess. And then as you get more traffic, uh, then you can actually like you look at who you are able to convert to uh, customers or like active users. And that's where you focus your energies and that's where you get your feedback and improve your product. And you, you basically, it's, it's about like, you know, you say uh, you believe in systems, right? Uh, in the beginning of the podcast, uh, you mentioned like you're a you know, yeah. productivity and systems that, and systems are, are really important. And you're basically building a system and uh once you build a system, because it has to con continue to uh, continue, so you need to feed the system with uh, inputs. And that's like that. Like if you can actually add uh, traffic users, customers to your system, that's going to grow. Uh, and uh, if, you, if you cannot turn the, uh, turn the wheels, it's just uh, you, you have no idea where you're going to go. Like you can't even go to any place, but you have to start you know, turning the wheels first. Yeah. Um, the, the automate your busy work yes. book is, uh, is going to be available on Amazon and you can even, uh, order it, uh, pre-order it now, um, uh, on Amazon. And, awesome. uh, the Kindle version actually came out, uh, just like yesterday. Okay. And, uh, and, but the, the hard, hardcover version, hard copy version is, uh, coming out, uh, next week on May 16 and the, Audiobook version is, I believe it's coming out on May, May 30th. Um, and for the Daniela Meadows book, I, I would also recommend the Kindle version as well, because there are some like charts. Uh, yeah. So I don't know how they would do it on an audio version. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, thank you so much. I mean, I really do appreciate you um, offering your story and a lot of good lessons. Um, something like that, even like the 50% rule, um, that was something that's a, it's a really good nugget. I, I had heard that from a, uh, from Pat Flynn once about podcasting because a lot of people just want to get on the mic and just do all that, but they don't ever want to do the, uh, 
the marketing side of things. And so thank you for all your, uh, your wisdom and uh, all the different advice you had here. Thank you, Charles and Dimitri for having me on this show. Um, yeah, I'm really excited about it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and you know, that being said, thank you for listening to episode 152 of the Rice Productive Podcast. And we will see you in the next one. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. I'm uh, pre-ordering it right now. (laughs) (laughs) I just pre-ordered it on Audible. (laughs) Nice. Thank you. If you'd like to continue listening to this conversation, you'll need to subscribe at riseproductive.com slash membership or on your favorite podcast app. Once you do, you'll get full-length access to these episodes of the Rise Productive Podcast, as well as access to our subscriber-only podcast and newsletter, The Weekly Pour Over.